This is Street Signals, a weekly conversation about markets and macro brought to you by State Street Global Markets. I'm your host, Tim Graff, head of macro strategy for EMEA at State Street, based in London. Markets have started to quiet down, that is for sure. And so this week, we're doing a bit of a fun episode. Every year, for the last 10 years, the macro strategy team publish a list of book recommendations at the end of each year. It's one of our most popular documents. The team, as you might guess from being strategists, they kind of have to be voracious readers here. Every year, the team compile a list of book recommendations independently of each other. They send them to me with the title, the author, why they like the book. I compile them all. I write a little preamble and we present it to our clients as a sort of written Christmas gift, if you will, to give you ideas of how to pass the time if you're a big reader like we are, particularly during a time of year when it's quite slow and also during a time of year when people are looking for gift ideas. That's the premise as well. I ask each team member to provide three recommendations each. So you have 14 or 15 team members contributing. That's a lot of books to get through. What I've asked team members to do for the podcast is to just summarize in one or two minutes their top choice. Now, we've had a lot of people already leave for holidays, and so we didn't have everybody contribute to this. But for those who aren't here, I'm going to highlight a choice that really stuck out from their lists to me that I might pick up over the holidays and read in the new year. So with that in mind, let's get started. First up is Noel Dixon. One of my choices of books to read this year was Ray Dalio's Principles for Dealing with the Changing World Order. This is a real provocative read, I think, that explores what he calls the big cycle. This is a cycle that encapsulates the duration of major empires' rise and fall, going back 500 years, observing the Dutch, the British, and now the American Empire. It's almost a cautionary tale that paints a picture of a declining U.S. versus a rising China. He puts together a model of metrics to empirically measure a stage and status of a country from a standardized equal footing. I think regardless of your position on this matter, I think it's it's certainly a fascinating and compelling read worth your time. The second recommendation comes from Kayla Sader. So my top book recommendation this year is Career and Family, Women's Century-Long Journey Toward Equity by Dr. Claudia Golden. Seriously, I think the world would just be a better place if everyone read this book. And if you don't take my word for it, consider this. This is the research that won the Nobel Prize in economics this year. You know, I think it's crazy that a century ago, women had to choose between marriage and having a career. And so what this book shows is just how much progress has been made. We're definitely moving in the right direction. But career and family also shows that there are still far too many inequities that exist today. And the reality is that women are still oftentimes forced between having the careers that they've worked towards and dreamed of, and also being the present parent and partner that they need to be. And so I think there's two things that make this book particularly worthwhile. The first is that this research doesn't just impact people on an individual level. This kind of research impacts the greater good and ultimately can lead to better resource management. And then the second is that this book is prescriptive. Dr. Golden shows that women really can do it all. We just need a little flexibility to get there. The next recommendation comes from Dan Gerard. How many times do you read or watch something and get frustrated and think, it's a weird way to look at the world? In fact, I think I start most of my days screaming out, 
that makes absolutely no sense. What are these people thinking? Which is usually followed by my children shouting back, go away. Um, but I've read Kahneman and Tversky and Richard Thaler and enjoyed all of the paradoxical situations described. But those books leave you with a feeling that humans are just irrational beings with genetic code programmed for a different purpose and planet. In the book Rationality, what it is, why it seems scarce, and why it matters, Professor Steven Pinker walks us through his professional obsession of thought, language, and beliefs as it pertains to rational decision-making and takes a more constructive approach. Humans aren't inherently irrational. It's the context of the questions and problems that matter quite a bit. Pinker's books are, are a lot like uh, Richard Feynman's, I think. He's one of my favorite scientist explainers of all time. Because rather than make you feel dumb, he challenges you while making you feel like a scientist. This book, which is part history, part instruction manual, and part philosophical tome, it requires engagement. And I often found myself pausing and backing up to digest the material. It's incredibly rewarding, and it's one of those books that just sparks the mind to create new connections, hypotheses, and discussions with others. Next up, we have Dweevor Evans. So a theme runs through all of my three things to read for 2023, which is the days of the Cold War, the days of the Iron Curtain, the days of the Soviet Union. I have chosen uh, a book by Bill Browder, which speaks of uh, by now a very well catalogued uh, issue regarding the Magnitsky Act and uh, allegations of fraud against the, the Russian state. Uh, I've also chosen uh, a book on disinformation uh, within the confines of uh, the modern uh, Russian media and in terms of the modern Russian uh, administration. But my favorite book of, of the year is actually more of a travelogue by Timothy Phillips called The Curtain and the Wall, a modern journey along Europe's Cold War border. And this is effectively a travel book that runs from the northern point of Norway and its border with Russia, all the way down across the Baltics, uh, down, of course, through the, the, the actual border of the Iron Curtain down towards the Balkans and around to the Black Sea. Uh, there are some fascinating stories. It's a very fast-paced, dexterous storytelling around some of the idiosyncrasies of the Cold War period uh, and some of the interesting stories around people, around work, around infrastructure and around life on the border, often Five kilometers one side of the border was a radically different world from five kilometers the other side of the border. And it's how people lived, the television reception that they received, their ability to move from one part of the Iron Curtain to the other, or even in some instances across the border, and some of the dangers and some of the storytelling around that. Uh, and just a fascinating book in trying to understand 30, 35 years after the end of the Cold War and after the Iron Curtain came down, that this still remains a very poignant period of history for those that are living along uh, the old Cold War border between Western Europe and between Central and Eastern Europe. Time for a little interlude to cover a few of the books that were submitted for our recommendations from team members who weren't able to record. I'm going to start with one that actually appeared on four lists out of the 15 contributors we had. I don't think we've had such a widespread call for a single book in many, many years. I can remember it happening maybe once eight or nine years ago, but never since then. And that book is Going Infinite, which was all about, of course, FTX, the rise and fall of Sam Bankman-Fried, 
and all of the insider stories that Michael Lewis, the author, was able to have access to, even though he was an outsider. He's always been one of the favorite writers of the team, and whenever he has a book come out, it usually makes its way onto one or two of the recommendation lists. But this year, well, I'm kind of killing four birds with one stone here because it was on the lists from Dan Gerard, Marvin Lowe, Gabe Levine, and Yu Ting Xiao. Personally, I feel like I read so much about FTX and SBF that I don't need to read any more, but the descriptions they write in their recommendations do make it one that I think I need to look out for. Another recommendation this year comes from Ben Luck, who also couldn't record. He highlighted the Walter Isaacson biography of Elon Musk that came out a couple of months ago. Having read Isaacson's biography of Steve Jobs this year and his biography of Albert Einstein many, many years ago, I know the quality of the writer. The subject, whether you love him or hate him, is a fascinating one. Elon Musk is changing the way we're living in ways we might like or we might loathe. And it's probably worth giving this book a read, given Isaacson, in his other books, has pulled no punches. When Steve Jobs asked him to be his biographer, he made sure that he did not have any editorial oversight into what Isaacson was writing. It was a warts and all picture of Steve Jobs. I suspect I'm going to find it much the same appeal when it comes to reading about Elon Musk. Definitely one to get to next year. Okay, back to the rest of the team, and Anthe Tsuvali starts us off. The Shipping Man by Matthew McCleary. This is a fictional book about a New York hedge fund manager that after the Baltic dry cargo index plunges by 97%, guess what? He decides to buy a ship. But it's not exactly what he signed up for. The glamorous lifestyle and calling himself a ship owner comes with very high risk, from negotiating with pirates to brokering deals with much bigger players in the industry. It's a page turner where the reader learns a lot about shipping finance and the difference between managing money and managing a business in a fun way. It's the perfect holiday read. Next, we have Lee Farage with a book choice that has resonated through a lot of what you've heard from Lee this year. So the most important book I read this year was The Great Demographic Reversal by Charles Goodhart and Manoj Pradham. Most important book I read this year, and probably the most important book I've read for a long time. Over the last few years, Um, unnoticed largely because we're all focused on COVID, we have seen demographic pattern in the world change significantly. Essentially what's happened is the baby boomers have started retiring en masse. What that means is we've gone from an oversupply of labor to an undersupply. This is why wage growth remains so strong. This is why we have a shortage of workers now. And what this means is, It changes the inflation outlook. There will be increased inflation pressures from the labor market. This means that neutral rates have to move higher. The playbook of zero interest rates we've been used to for the last 20 odd years pre-COVID has ended. And it's ended because of the shift in demographics in the labor market. Well worth a read. I recommend it to everyone. Next, we have Mr. Risk, Fred Goodwin. In the last year, there were several books written about human history how it oscillates with long repeating cycles. The book that Mr. Risk is recommending is called End Times, Counter Elites, and the Path of Political Disintegration by Peter Turchin. So Turchin is a former theoretical biologist and a specialist in the field using a study called Cleodynamics, which uses big data analysis to make predictions by applying mathematical formulas 
to a path of political disintegration. So the key idea is something called the wealth pump, where the rich get richer and even more entrenched. This leads to inequality, which eventually leads to a crisis. In short, society begins to fragment. According to Turchin, this is the situation today in America. The arguments has a lot going for it, and the tone of the book is foreboding about a crisis that could reach its zenith over the next decade. Maria Veitmane is our final audio contributor. I love historical fiction books. I find them not only a nice way to learn about history, but also follow a very exciting story. And this is exactly what Joubert Family Chronicles by Kate Moss have done for me. The story is set in 16th century France during the religious wars when Huguenots were fighting with Catholics for the quote-unquote right way to interpret Bible. And of course, it's not only neighbor turning on neighbor, people deciding how to pray, but it's usually Usually the powerful dynasties uh, join the war and even foreign kings and queens get involved to gain some uh, some territories and, and power. But the book is not really about which battle happened when and how many soldiers won, uh, how many soldiers were killed. But it's more about like a beautiful story of uh, Joubert family. So young Minou Joubert, who is a Catholic, she almost by accident saves Pierre Redon, the leader of Huguenot Appraisal in Carcassonne, who lay, she, they, they fall in love and later he becomes her husband. Uh, they build a... Um, Wonderful family life in a province, in French province, in uh, Languedoc, and uh, there was assassination a- a- attempt, which was uh, foiled by accident. But th- they have a happy life, and uh, 20 years later, they travel to Paris for the historical wedding when Huguenots and Catholics were supposed to reconcile. Unfortunately, the younger daughter gets lost all- during the trip, and there is a huge rebellion. The leader of Huguenots is killed. Uh, huge chaos, and they had to flee for their lives while leaving their lost daughter uh, in Paris. So huge heartbreak. They end up in Amsterdam trying to rebuild their life. And 20 years later, the lost daughter reappears. Unfortunately, well, fortunately for the main characters, but fortunately for her, head over heels in love with the son of her captor. Uh, So lots and lots of family drama, lots and lots of interesting historical events. Thanks to everyone from the team who was able to contribute those audio clips. A couple of more recommendations just to round things out. Michael Metcalf recommended Who Dares Wins by Dominic Sandbrook. If you don't know Dominic Sandbrook, he's a very popular British historian. He has written in this book, A Social, Economic, and Political History of Britain Between 1979 and 1982. So we're talking about things like the royal wedding with Princess Diana and Prince Charles, Joy Division, Ian Botham, the ZX Spectrum, a lot of other things that I probably actually will have never heard of as an American growing up in Ohio in the late 70s and early 80s, but nevertheless, an important part of British history. Ning Sun, she recommended City of Thieves by David Benioff. She recommends this as kind of a, what sounds like a dark comedy, a historical novel that takes place during the German siege of Leningrad in the Second World War, and some of the interesting things that might have happened there, albeit in fictionalized account. So thanks for that, Ning. And we'll finish the podcast with my recommendation. One that stands out the most to me was one I read towards the beginning of the year called Trade Wars or Class Wars. This is by Matthew Klein, who used to write for the FT, and Michael Pettis, who is a professor in China. Pettis in particular is a favorite of mine and has been for more than 
10 years. I think if you don't read him, you don't really understand capital flows and balance of payments. He and Klein have written this book about how inequality within and across countries is exacerbated by policies on trade and capital movement that really are designed only to benefit the wealthy and the powerful elite, and how policies that may seem on the surface to be rooted in populism actually do little other than widen that divide and the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and that gap grows. It's a really insightful book that I can't recommend enough, particularly if you have an interest, of course, in economics. One final note, also on my list and gratifyingly also on Michael's list, we do have podcast ideas that we put on these lists from time to time, and we both put this podcast, Street Signals. But really, this podcast would not be possible without, first and foremost, its guests, as well as the folks behind the scenes who help produce, edit, and review every single episode, who promote it on social media. It is very much a team effort of which I am making only a small contribution. It's the most gratifying thing I've done work-wise in many, many years. And I just wanted to take the final moment of this podcast to thank everybody who has listened so far. We've got some big plans for next year. It's going to be really exciting. We're hoping to grow this a lot. We hope you'll come with us for the journey. Thanks so much. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Street Signals from the research team at State Street Global Markets. This podcast and all of our research can be found at our web portal, Insights. There, you'll be able to find all of our latest thinking on macroeconomics and markets, where we leverage our deep experience in research on investor behavior, inflation, risk, and media sentiment, all of which goes into building an award-winning strategy product. If you're a client of State Street, hit us up there at globalmarkets.statestreet.com. We'll see you next time. This communication is provided by State Street Bank and Trust Company, hereafter referred to as State Street, and is for informational purposes only and is not intended to suggest or recommend any transaction, investment, or investment strategy. It does not constitute investment research, nor does it purport to be comprehensive or intended to replace the exercise of an investor's own careful, independent review and judgment regarding any investment decision. This communication and the information herein does not constitute investment, legal, or tax advice and is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities or any financial instrument nor is it intended to constitute a binding contractual arrangement or commitment by State Street of any kind. The information provided does not take into account any particular investment objectives, strategies, investment horizon, or tax status. The views expressed herein are the views of State Street as of the date specified and are subject to change without notice based on market and other conditions. The information provided herein has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable at the time of publication. Nonetheless, we make no representations or assurances that the information is complete or accurate, and you should not place any reliance on said information. State Street hereby disclaims any warranty and all liability, whether arising in contract, tort, or otherwise, for any losses, liabilities, damages, expenses, or costs, either direct, indirect, consequential, special, or punitive, arising from or in connection with any use of this communication and or the information herein. State Street or its affiliates may from time to time as principal or agent for its own account or for those of its clients have positions in and or actively trade in financial instruments or other products identical to or economically related to those discussed in this communication. State Street may have a commercial relationship with issuers of financial instruments or other products discussed in this communication. This communication may contain information deemed to be forward-looking statements. These statements are based on assumptions, analyses, and expectations of State Street in light of its experience and perception of historical trends, 
current conditions, expected future developments, and other factors it believes appropriate under the circumstances. All information is subject to change without notice. This communication or any portion hereof may not be redistributed without the prior written consent of State Street. Past performance is no guarantee of future results.